Hey, I'm Dr. Kate Wong. And I'm Tierra Mitchell. And you are listening to to the Holistic Hope Podcast. We invite you to join us and our village in conversations rooted in wellness and health so that we may grow a community of generational healing through love. In this episode, episode 11 of the Holistic Hope Podcast, we speak with Viji Natrajan, an Ayurvedic doctor and Ayurvedic practitioner who specializes in women's reproductive health, helping women to get pregnant, stay pregnant, deliver their babies, and support them throughout their motherhood journey. In our conversation with Viji, she gives us a crash course in Ayurvedic care and how women can use Ayurveda to support their holistic wellness through reclaiming their personal power while improving and maintaining their own health. Be sure to join in the conversations with us on Facebook and Instagram. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Holistic Hope Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We have Viji here. Can you please introduce yourself for us? Oh, sure. Um, my name is Viji Natrajan. I'm a, um, well, I'm an Ayurvedic doctor slash Ayurvedic practitioner, and um, I specialize in women's reproductive health, and I help women get pregnant, stay pregnant, deliver their babies, and support them in the postpartum to troubleshoot any issues that they're having. Um, and obviously, I do all this work by um, utilizing Ayurveda. Awesome. I can say a little bit more about myself, but anyways, I have, a, I have an eclectic background, but we can get into that later if you want. <laughs> Kate, Kate's going to take this one. Okay. Kate knows more about what you do than I do, and I'm a very, I'm a student right now. Awesome. <laughs> We're all students. <laughs> so I know we talked a little bit about, because um, we went in Mamahood, one of the, the club events um, recently in the East Bay in California. And so we talked a little about, you know, how, because we're both working with fertility, preconception care, just the whole wellness of motherhood in general. And so I love for our audience to kind of, kind of almost get like an Ayurveda 101 slash 101 (laughs) in a sense of how would you describe to someone who has no idea what it is? How would you kind of explain what Ayurveda is? Okay, that is a very loaded question, but a great thing that someone should develop a, like a two-minute elevator pitch on that. I don't think it's possible, but I'll give you a little bit of background. So Ayurveda is, is Ayurvedic medicine. So it is a medical science that originated in India um, well over 5,000 years ago. And the um, so, so really, like when you're studying Ayurvedic medicine, you can't you really can't describe it just like if you ask what's allopathic medicine i mean you got to go through all the organ systems you got to go through you know enzymes you know um you know uh, circulation everything right so um there's a fundamental concept that i just like traditional chinese medicine that everything in the world around us and the world within us um consists of or is made up of the five uh, main elements so it's like if you think about it they're like the building blocks so Um, I don't know how deeply you want me to go into it, but when you understand the building blocks of basically life, and then you understand how, like, for example, when you're learning a new language, um, you know, alphabets are really the fundamental aspect of of language. And so um, when you put alphabets together, you make words, words together to make, um, you know, phrases, phrases together to make sentences, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so um, you're understanding the world, um, you know, from those fundamental 
fundamental building blocks and then how that you know, together, like, you know, accumulated and then working together, um, you know, form the body and then the organ uh, systems and then how they function, our sense organs, all, all these different things. So I don't know if I could, you know, but Ayurveda looks at um, root cause uh, analysis and understanding. So whenever something happens, if Kate has a headache, I have a headache, we don't give the same um, remedy um, or fix, if you will, to each person. Because what we do is we try to understand a person's nature and then how they interact with the world around them. Because, you know, like for example, if I have a cup of water and I put it in the freezer, it's gonna be different after putting it in the freezer than if I put that same cup of water on the stove or somewhere that it's like boiling hot because you're gonna transform that liquid into gas. So the, so the nature, the environment that something is in affects, you know, affects that object. And that object obviously could be, could be us or, you know, or any other object. And so um, by understanding the world around us, by understanding ourselves, then we can understand the root cause of, of many either, you know, diseases or conditions that people face or have, um, including fertility and pregnancy, and then give them a specialized and unique remedy for themselves. Mm -hmm. I love that, how you mentioned it's not just because a lot of allopathic or just medicine in general, Western medicine is mostly like what's wrong with you inside. And like, they don't even kind of um, consider the outside external because you're now you're saying it's the, the elements and how you interact with those elements together. Yeah. That's really the issue that we should find the root cause to, which, right. which is amazing because a lot of times, you know, we don't think about that when we think, why isn't this happening to me? Why is this X, Y, and Z happening? Because thinking like, why am I broken? And sometimes you take a little bit further step of what's going on around us right now that's causing certain kind of issues. Absolutely. That result. Absolutely. And yeah. so in regards to, because um, I learned a little bit about um, Ayurveda from uh, my chiropractic education when I did an elective <laughs> in regards to that. Um, I know there's different constitutions. Yep. Um, and do you use constitutions to kind of... Um, kind of categorize certain people? Like how do you use constitution? And what is constitution if you would? Okay, that's a great question. So um, so like I said, elemental, so we're all made up of the five elements in different combinations, okay? And so um, when our mother and our father had intercourse and you know uh, made us, the elemental makeup of the egg and the elemental makeup of that particular sperm, you know, that, that um, fertilized the egg is what formed your constitution. So this is something mm -hmm. that happened prior to, uh, well, you know, prior to you becoming formed, um, you know, so at conception is when your constitution is formed. Now, so that is something that you, you, you know, come into this life with. The, and and um, so let me answer the first part of your question and you can do follow up because every question that you ask, like it's, this is a very, very deep science. So it's like, you asking me to describe how a surgery is formed. I've got to tell you, if you don't even know anatomy and physiology, not that you don't, but you know, if one doesn't. So um, when I work with my clients, um, every single person, I almost make it mandatory, um, except if they're doing body work, to go through what I call an Ayurvedic consultation. And the reason why that's the case is because absolutely, I need to understand their constitution. Now, like when we, you know, when a baby is born, they're like pristine, you know, we always like they're like fresh and new and, and supple and all of that. Well, as they interact with the world around them, you know, like we can't keep a baby uh, free of like um, 
you know, nicks and, and getting hurt and all of that, you know, your, your, your son or daughter might run and then um, skin their knee and all of that. So as we interact with the world around us, there are certain things that are going to happen. If, if we interact with the world around us in a positive way that, that supports us, then, you know, we just kind of continue with good health. If we don't, then other things may arise. And so that aspect of how you are and how your body's functioning is called like you can you can translate it loosely as as imbalance but the word for that is called vikruti and so your constitution as at birth is called prakruti and so prakruti and vikruti can be different so and the reason why somebody has an imbalance is based on how and what they do in their life and who they who or what they interact with so so everybody i start off so if someone comes to me for fertility you know, I, I definitely want to know their constitution and definitely want to know their imbalance because we, we understand in, me, in, you know, medical science, for example, like, so I'm growing a garden. I know that if I want to uh, grow like my garden nicely, I have to have good soil. I have to have good viable seeds. Mm-hmm. I need for there to be sunshine. I need there f- for there to be um, water. And I need, I do need to, you know, give it some food every now and then because the nutrients are going to be like already taken. And so I have to replenish them. So we, so just like, you know, how to grow a garden, you know, when you study Ayurvedic medical science, you know, also what are the things that are important for the, for a baby, for, you know, for a fetus to survive or to be formed you know, like every aspect of that. So then you can basically um, understand, okay, so this is the environment in Kate's body or Vigi's body or Tiara's body. And um, how do like, so how do we get it from maybe not being optimal now to, to getting towards optimal so that people can, you know, have successful pregnancies? Does that make sense? Yes, yes it does. So would you say that it changes? Does, does this constitution change or how, how frequent does it change? If it does constitution never changes that is who you are your vikruti or your imbalance changes because and and if you ask me how often it changes well it you know like i said if i put myself like if i if i moved to uh, i used to live in massachusetts and i moved away from that because um <laughs> i don't like cold weather you know um nothing against people in massachusetts i love i went to college there and everything however you know for me cold weather you know like it'll give me dry skin it'll give me constipation like there's a lot of things that happen so so i know then for example i then i moved to san diego and in san diego sunny san diego it's always sunny and that was a better climate for me um and so so it depends on what your interact, you know, like kind of what your environment is as to how and what, um, you know, your, your imbalance is going to be. And by the way, it's not just external environment, but obviously the food that you put in your body, mm-hmm. someone who, you know, eats spicy food all the time and whose body is not able to handle it is going to have heartburn and other acidic problems. So, so like that. Got it. Great question though. Because there's a common misconception, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. this, everybody asks me, like, this is what I am. Can you tell me what I am? Well, that is important. <laughs> that is important, like a template, you know, but, um, you know, it's kind of like if I put like, if I put on a different shirt or I put my hair up, I'm going to look different, but I'm still the same me. So it all mm-hmm. depends. If I put my ponytail too tight, I'm going to get a headache. Is it that I am prone to headaches all the time? No. If I, if I loosen my ponytail, I might not get a headache next time. Mm-hmm. So really depends on what you're interacting with what is your environment and what you what you do got it and so this is one of the 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 struggle frustrations i have in regards to because i mean a lot of times as a chiropractor um people can tell me they have certain pains or things like that that their hip is you know higher than one side versus the other but 
yes, it's helpful, but doesn't give me the whole picture of what's going on unless I check you, examine you, kind of see how everything is after the first adjustment and how everything is going from that to reassess. And so <clears throat> to figure out what your constitution is, yeah. um, how would you say um, is the best way, obviously going to an Ayurvedic practitioner is one of the best ways. So for people who are going like online or people who do quizzes or even books that tells you what your constitutions are within like 10, maybe 20 questions, um, how accurate would you say, or would you do that as more of a, a preliminary thing and then kind of go into our practitioner to verify what it is that you want? I mean, I think it will give you like a, a very superficial understanding. Um, the more you learn about it, because a quiz will only say you are, so there are three biological humors, like basically functional forces in the body. They're referred to as vata, pitta, and kapha. And most quizzes that you take online will share with you either a percentage, you are 70% vata and 30% kapha, or, or they'll say you are a predominantly a, a, a pitta person, or you're predominantly this person, or you're mm -hmm. this and this. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what that just if they don't describe it any further, then that's just giving you a little bit of insight. So you'll you'll have to start to like a pitta person is this way and has these characteristics. But to answer your first question, how do you determine? Well, you need to understand your functional history. That means, for example, how your body functions in terms of digestion, how it functions in terms of thinking, how you address things when you're stressed, um, how is like your reproductive functions, how is like your or endocrine systems, you know, and these are things that um, certain questions will kind of hone in on, but it's, it, it's, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily accurate. It could give you just like a flavor, you know, but when mm -hmm. like vanilla ice, you can say that some, like I like vanilla ice cream, but you know, there's different, there's different kind of gradations of vanilla ice cream as well. I don't know if that's a good example. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Oh, okay. You know, um, <laughs> Because, you know, for example, like chocolate, there's different like um, levels of cacao, right? Like you got 100% and then, so mm, everything's different. different. Yeah. Um, and so, so it'll give you a flavor and there's nothing wrong with, with that being the invitation or the entry point for somebody to be like, oh, this is really cool. Because then what you can do with this information is you, like you said, you can go to books and realize, oh, so, the, so if I am like this, you can start to understand and, and refine that. But, um, you know, what Ayurvedic medicine can do, actually, it has a beautiful predictive ability. And this is where I'm saying that it's not just about saying I'm a this person or a that person. You can, there is a predictive ability in this science where I can say when someone comes to me at five weeks pregnant, you have the likelihood of getting cholestasis of pregnancy. You have the likelihood of getting gestational diabetes when they test you in 25 weeks. Mm -hmm. That is the coolest part of all of it. Why? Because you understand how the body functions. And then you can understand that somebody with this um, uh, imbalance could potentially then, as just a normal way that the body functions or compensates, can get XYZ um, complication during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I answered your question, so maybe you want to circle back if I didn't answer your question. No, you did. <laughs> you added a little more to it as well. So okay. it was perfect. I, I tend to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, love it. Um, and so would you say, because I have people that come to me the same question too, because I, for me, I ideally, I would love for people to come to me, you know, before they're pregnant versus while they're pregnant. Because usually what I noticed from when I first started out, they would come to me um, as a chiropractor 
because um, right. they heard about certain kind of technique that may help su- supposedly turn your baby, which we don't do because that's out of our scope. But a lot of times that's what they hear firsthand and they think during like about 36 weeks or so, um, they say, oh, your baby's not head down. And so then they kind of freak out and uh, they ask to try to search for all the chiropractors, wh- whoever it is that can turn the baby to have, you know, a better pregnancy or labor. And a lot of times, you know, there's pros and cons. Sometimes the baby has to go not head down. Sometimes, you know, it is what it is. And that's, that's how life works, right? But obviously you want it to be the most optimal place for the body. And so when they ask me when they should come in, they come in at 36 weeks, hoping I would change it. Like for the first adjustment to like, you know, help the baby help themselves. Cause the thing is I don't turn the baby for sure. Um, out of my scope, like I said, um, but in my, my hope is I hope they were to see me prior to, you know, they got pregnant. So their, their pelvis, their body, um, in general has that structure to do what it needs to do for the baby to move freely as it needs to. So for your question for you is, so since you can predict what's going on with the, the mom and the pregnancy and what they can have and certain things like that, do you prefer do you see a lot of people coming to you before they're pregnant so you can kind of estimate or do you usually see them um, while they're pregnant and then you kind of predict it as well? How, how would you? That's yeah, a big load of questions too as well. <laughs> I, think, I think as a practitioner, we see the commonality of what the human experience and the human tendencies are. And that mm-hmm. is that everybody wants a quick fix and everybody waits until the last minute. So, I mean, as you said, right, you know, um, so, so let me answer all of your questions. Ideally, Ayurveda understands that at least six months, I can, as, as a shortcut, I can, I can say, well, three months, but six months prior to conception, that means prior to you having intercourse, you know, with your spouse, you must work on your own health. Because remember, the egg from you, the sperm from him is going to determine the constitution of your baby. So it's paramount, you know, and they say that that's important so that you have, you create a baby with the best health, not only the best health in terms of body, but also of mind and, you know, of spirit. So, so Mm -hmm. ideally you want to see a person before there are only a handful that come to me like that. Then I have the next set of people who do come to me thinking, okay, well, I I know like I want to work with you and I want to get to you now around the, you know, four or five, six, seven, eight weeks. And at that time, um, and, and frankly, even up until like that predictive ability lies in anywhere along the, uh, you know, uh, the spectrum. So you can do it at any point. However, in terms of changing, changing the propensity of your body to function or be a certain way and potentially get or be diagnosed, you know, with a certain condition, um, you, you need time. So it's not like, you know, um, and, and nothing against allopathic medicine, you know, there's a, there's a place for everything, but it's not like I'm going to give you, and I don't, I'm not going to give you a pill so that tomorrow you're not going to be diagnosed with cholestasis. And I'm going to give you an example. So cholestasis is a condition condition where, um, a pregnant mom, usually around the second trimester or third, late second, third trimester can be diagnosed with this. And basically Mm -hmm. there are free floating bile acids in the body. So, you know, related to liver function. And so it's nothing bad, nothing happens with the mother, except that she experiences a lot of itching, you know, like uncontrolled itching. However, even though there's not a lot of evidence, um, what happens for to avoid potential stillbirth, um, your practitioner will induce you at the earliest possible date. So it has a lot of consequences. 
So a mother came to me, um, her first, preg uh, her second pregnancy, she had a C-section for her first and she stopped me if I'm going to, to in depth, but this is, this is a really cool story. So, um, so anyways, um, she wanted to, at four weeks pregnancy and she wanted to say, she said, you know, Vigi, like every doctor I've been to has said, and it's statistically 96 point, I think 4% chance of a woman having cholestasis in her second pregnancy if she had it in her first. And she said, I've been to every doctor. I've been to India. I've been to the U.S., everybody. And they say, there's no way to prevent this. Can you help me? And so I was like, okay, but you got to follow everything I tell you. And so we started at, you know, four or five weeks pregnancy. And um, basically I, you know, did what I understood why some, like, you know, I did, um, I asked her to change diet, lifestyle, gave her some, actually only one supplement um, in order to, and worked on her mind. And she never got cholestasis. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's a miracle because I basically statistically, that's not, you know, um, possible, possible, right. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, I think it's even 97 point something. So anywho, um, so, so this is just, so this is why at any point it's, it's okay, but it takes time. And that was the emphasis of that story that she came to me early and we did it from the beginning and I held her to it. Even if she didn't have any signs, I was like, you still have to continue because you have to maintain the environment in your body. And so that's what you can, and you can do that with other conditions as well. The earlier, the better, because you can, I cannot change the baby. I can change her because it's, I mean, but you can't change the baby's constitution because that's already set. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cause uh, cholestasis basically, it's one of those like most common things that happens during pregnancy. And a lot it's of times. It's not that common. Like everybody doesn't get it. And, but you, but you don't want to get it because yeah. there's postpartum complications as well. Yeah, because the surgery to surgery for it in regards to is like one of the most common surgeries. Um, that's what. No, no, no. So you don't do surgery for cholestasis. Um, you you have to. It's induction of labor. So it, that doesn't mean that you have to have a surgery for it. You know, but they want to get the baby out sooner rather than later because they don't want anything to happen to the baby. Because mm -hmm. the the toxins are in the exactly. Mm -hmm. There was one case where a baby, I believe, was was stillborn, and and you know they could they couldn't make a direct correlation to whether it was related to cholestasis or not. Um, but but since then, or you know, they don't, basically they don't want to mess with it. So the recommendation is that the earliest possible date, and usually that's considered at term at thirty seven weeks, that they're going to induce. And and you know nobody wants to get induced, and nobody wants to deliver. I mean, not nobody, but most people don't want to get induced, and most people don't want to deliver their baby at. 37 weeks if not necessary but because of this cholestasis condition that's what it is and so for a mother who had a c-section the first you know it's very it's it's not likely that a mother will go into spontaneous labor at 37 weeks so she was basically wanting to have a vaginal delivery and so in order to do that she needed to avoid getting cholestasis so it was very critical got it so she, just to go back on that story, so she had a C-section because she was diagnosed with it? Is that what happened? No, she had a C-section because she had a C-section. Oh, okay. And then the but there's a great question. She had a C-section because she had a C-section and she was, I mean, and she was induced for her first. So, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. inductions tend to lead to C-sections, you know, because the body isn't ready to go into labor, um, you know, and so you're, 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 you know, forcing the body to go into labor. And so, but she had a C-section and she, for the second birth, she wanted to have a, a successful VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean, but, you know, being a candidate for cholestasis, it was 
basically highly unlikely. Every doctor, her own doctor said, you know, I don't think this is going to happen, but let's just hope for the best. Mm -hmm. And anyways, you know, and so that's when she was kind of, you know, desperate to, to see if she can do anything. And most often because people don't know about like Ayurveda or what it can do, you know, like I was just something that she stumbled upon and was like, well, can you help me? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So Tiara, do you have any questions? I saw you writing (laughs) a lot of different notes just to make sure we're (laughs) well-rounded. So um, Viji, I am... I don't know if Kate was able to tell you. I'm a portrait photographer. I work with awesome. most of the and newborn. And so, you know, usually we talk a lot about this kind of stuff because as a photographer, it becomes really intimate. So I have loads of questions. First, I am very curious to understand the way you come up with, I guess, like the wellness or the healing plan for your patients because you mentioned at the very beginning that when we are conceived like when sperm meets eggs our constitution is set i feel like that's so powerful because there's so many Mm -hmm. other beliefs around that yeah one of the things you said that just made me zing was that (laughs) it 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 goes mind body and spirit as even at conception yes and when you do these predictions like the lady you said who came in at four or five weeks and you were able to help her avoid that situation. Now, I imagine she was a rare case in the sense that she actually followed everything you gave her. You know, um, she wasn't looking for the quick fix. She was definitely in it for the long haul. She understood it would take commitment on her side. And so I'm curious as to how you come up with their wellness plan. Like, is it a okay, based on your constitution, I suggest we do this for your mind, this for your body, this for your spirituality. And then as a doctor, as a practitioner who's trying to keep them on track with their plan, what kind of obstacles do you face with that? And how do you keep them back on track? That's why we're all giggling because yeah, it's like really hard. So um, it's a great question. So you know, so when I talked about the like fundamentality and how like the water and you put it in the different environment. So like we have these innate, we have this innate knowledge within us. So like if I'm cooking and I burn my finger on the stove, right? The sink's right next to me. I'm going to go and run my finger underwater. Am I going to run my finger under hot water or am I going to run my finger under cold water? Every single person instinctively and intuitively knows cold water. Duh. So it's kind of like that. Okay. So that's when you start to understand. So it's like, So each of these elements I was talking about has qualities. The qualities of something is obviously going to influence how it affects us. If something's cold, it's going to influence us differently than it's hot. These are the easiest things to explain, hot and cold, because we all deal with this every day. If something's rough versus smooth, you know, like like a cat is not going to gain anything, no scratching ability if they rub themselves against something smooth, because they're not getting, you know, that they're not fulfilling that itch. Whereas, you know, if it's rougher than you are. So the quality of something makes a difference. Um, But... In understanding, basically, like, you know, you do an analysis, you know, and so I do an analysis, like a functional, physical, emotional, spiritual, food, like every periods, every aspect possible, I go over with the person, you know, prior. So I, I like, you know, so they fill out like a 10 page intake, I understand them. I mean, even then, I would say superficially, then I go over it with them. And I ask them all the things in between those lines, you know, like, I mean, really, like, you know, 
how was your childhood? I mean, so this is like, this really is mind, body, and spirit. The next level, okay, is to then put all of the pieces together because I will learn, oh, when you were 16, you had a UTI. Oh, you were on, um, you know, hormonal birth control. Oh, you did this and this, this, you went to grad school and you were stressed at this time. So it's, it's a, it's, it's putting all the pieces of the puzzle together and then kind of stepping back and seeing that puzzle. And I take that mind, body, spirit approach even when I'm not with them and I'm writing this report for them because you know you you kind of it's kind of, kind of like one of those things of pictures that you look at nearby and you don't see anything you just see splotches and as you walk away you see this beautiful imagery and so I allow that time and that space for that information to coalesce like that that's the first part the second part is then okay so this is the condition that you either are trying to avoid or I think you're going to get now, I understand, like, you know, I understand that when, like, if someone doesn't want to get burned, they're not going to have fires in every corner of their house. They're going to, you know, have like an AC or like a fan somewhere so that they can cool themselves off. So that's kind of how I developed the plan, because when you understand what is the environment of the person you're working with and what is the likelihood, like, you know, they have a tendency towards certain things. And then what is the disease or condition and what does that mean? Then you can put a plan together um, like that. Now, then the next thing you asked me was, yes, whenever people come to me and they're like, I have this problem, can you help me? And I tell them, well, first of all, I'm not God, but I can do everything in my power to help you. However, you, this is a partnership. If you don't listen to what I'm saying, I either tell them, I know this is maybe not good, I said, you know what? if you don't think you can follow it or you're not committed to it, I'm not the right person for you because I am all in. I am here to help you. You know, I'm so invested in my my clients. But so I tell them that, you know, and I don't know how they take it. But, you know, and so every some people I, I'm always like you said, I was smiley. I mean, I am. I'm smiley. I'm, I'm you know, fun loving people that never can guess my age. But when it comes to health, I'm like, girl, you got to do this. And so it is hard. Um, they don't. I tell people half the people don't listen to me. So I'm always on them. And, um, you know, and I think the, the other dimension that is huge is the mind. If the mind is not okay, it is almost game over. Mm -hmm. I had a woman who was not, um, was not, was unable to get pregnant naturally at all. She was trying for 10 years since she got married. She spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on fertility treatment. She did IUI, she did IUF. She got pregnant, I think twice or thrice and you know miscarried at around five six weeks um and she was like the the fertility specialist said listen you're never going to get pregnant so you either adopt or you get a surrogate and obviously she was devastated then she came to me and she's like is like i don't even know who you are what you do but can you help me and i was like let's see two and a half months after working with me she got pregnant naturally delivered the baby and life is great you know, and, and, and it was really simple, but simple on one hand. But when we were having our coaching sessions after we did this Ayurvedic analysis, this is, this is to your point, Tiara, that um, one time she said to me, Vigi, she got so upset and she's like, I don't understand what we're doing. Is this even going to get me pregnant? You know, and we were talking about her mind and other things. And I said, I even gave her the, like, here's the door. If you, if you don't want to do this with me, totally understand. I said, you got to have faith because part of this process is the mind. Well, she's like, no, 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 I'll stick with it. And, you know, she got pregnant. Yeah. So, sorry, did I answer your question? Oh, I go, No, that was awesome. That was, that was awesome. Um, because that's kind of what I was looking to hear. How do you handle their mind? Because it's not, 
the circumstances that's really going to affect them. It's their mind and how their mind's interpreting it. And when you're so desperate for, especially a baby, you know, like when we want our baby, we want our baby and it's so hard to get around that. Um, so that's awesome. I would definitely be your kind of patient because I need to know that you're all in it with me. I need to know that when I'm going to freak out, you're going to be able to be like, Hey, Tiara, remember we have goals. We got to, you got to keep pushing here. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. My client. Yeah. So thank you. And um, one question just for us non-medicals. What is the difference between allopathic and arveric? Okay. So allopathic medicine is just another way of saying Western medicine. And okay. so, um, you know, and so a large part of Western medicine, although like, you know, there's now, so, so a large part of Western medicine is using um, synthetic pharmaceutical agents, mm-hmm. right? And so I, so when I said I had an eclectic background, and um, I, I was, I actually worked for a pharmaceutical country, com- uh, not country, but company for about 13 years, and I was actually in, um, you know, a part of the company called uh, Drug Discovery. So I was the person who was c- coming up with ideas on how to, um, you know. What, what a drug should be, uh, figuring out how to make it, and then, you know, making it, and then, you know, working with the biologist to see if, if, you know, things work. So basically, you are making, like, you know, in the lab, something that you think is going to help with the disease. And so that becomes a medicine, aspirin, Tylenol, whatever, you know, uh, Prozac, you know, later on, in fact, you know, and so um, that is given. So allopathic medicine tends to be around that. And there's different divisions you know, like OB, um, pediatrics, you know, surgery, all, all of this kind of stuff. Ayurvedic medicine, so Ayur means life and Veda means knowledge. A-Y-U-R means life, Veda, V-E-D-A means uh, knowledge. So the knowledge of life is what Ayurveda is. And it is it is based on, and it really is. And here's the thing, like, you know, I understand that we work in, in a world, you know, that's global and that has different cultures and different beliefs. And so, um, you know, I will go in and, and out as much as someone would like me to, but it is, it is all about mind, body, and spirit because we are not unidimensional, you know, but, um, you know, but making it unidimensional, you know, we um, understand um, that like our body has the ability and capability to heal. Um, it has, it had the ability from two seeds, from two seeds to grow into this, you know, that can do so many fantastic things. So um, yeah, did I, I Okay. Over there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So in regards to all of that, um, so for the constitution, yes. how would you, for people who want to know more about it, um, how would you say the first step for them is to figure out what's going on? Okay, to figure out what's going on or the constitution? Yeah. I mean, constitution and like how, what's best for them? in regards to the pregnancy or um, finding the best like Ayurvedic practitioner, like how would you say? Oh my gosh, that's, that's hard. (laughs) That's hard, you know, and, and I, and I am like the least, uh, I'm I'm the person who doesn't, you know, sell myself or say, and so what I think is important in life, no matter what, is that there's a match. So just like Tiara said, she would be my perfect client. I would welcome her with open arms and, you know, everybody. So that match is really important. So the first thing I would say for anybody, if you, if you want, and you don't want to spend any money, yeah, go to like an Ayurvedic, like for example, Banyan Botanicals, um, you know, is a company that I often work with um, in terms of their products and stuff. Um, you know, they have these quizzes where they can, it gives you a generality. They ask you the same, you know, general questions that people ask. 
it's quick and dirty, but you know, they have a lot of um, educational information around different things. So you can get your feet wet. And I think getting your feet wet is important because it generates interest. Mm -hmm. The second part of that is, I, if someone is questioning about pregnancy, fertility, you know, and, and we're, if we're just talking about women's health, you know, you want to see how deeply someone is involved in that. So an Ayurvedic practitioner, okay, like somebody like me, uh, depending upon their education. So um, I'll explain about Ayurveda in just a little bit, but depending upon their education can can help you with anything. So if you have cancer, if you have, you know, AD, ADD or whatever you have, you know, we can help. I just happen to uh, love and specialize and, and, and chose to only see, you know, clients, um, with women's health, just because that's, that's large enough. Um, I'm busy enough, so that's fine. Um, but, uh, hold on one question. So when you're trying to find a practitioner, um, you want to make sure like, so you can see a general practitioner and they will give you advice. However, mm. there is a beauty in also having someone who's who's been to births, because I really believe that is very unique and different. You know, like even an OB, okay, has been, when do they come in for the birth? They come in the last 10 minutes generally to deliver the, to help deliver the baby. I always say the mom delivers the baby. So I don't know, facilitate the mom delivering the baby. Um, you know, but are they really there throughout? Even though they know, they know, you know, about labor and all of that, you know, and they troubleshoot. But who really knows how, like, what a mother goes through all those, what, potentially 24 plus hours of labor. 16 to 24 hours is the average for a first-time mom. So, you know, personally, but, you know, and, and I, of course, I'm biased, but that's only because I believe that I think it's important. Like, when you're looking for somebody um, to help you, um, number one, it should be a team approach. I'm totally into chiropractic, you know, and as I hear the lens of, like, no pun intended or pun intended about Tiara and, you know, it's like, see, all of these people in our lives are there as a community to support you. And it's not, it's, it isn't about, we want to give other people businesses because we are, like I said, not unidimensional, we're multidimensional. And so in capturing those moments, Tiara, you know, basically captures something that is uncapturable, but, but she's able to do it. And those are memories that will, you know, uh, support somebody and having joy and and all of that. And then, you know, you in terms of the, and you can, you know, I know you do more than just the physical structure. And so it's important for people to get their feet wet and learn and then seek out a practitioner who I believe has experience in women's health, in birth, who's been to births, who understands every aspect of it. Because if you don't, then you, I, I don't believe that your work is as comprehensive. Mm -hmm. I, I am biased, but. <laughs> we all kind of have to be, right? Well, I mean, we are all in general. Yeah. And so um, kind of going back to the constitution, kind of wrapping this up in a circle wise, for cholestasis, you said, you mentioned the imbalance of the environment that kind of affects each person's constitution. Would you say that each of the constitution is um, equally prone to that kind of like condition? No. 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 Okay. How would you describe so it? It's not, but you know, the, the only, so I, I know what you're asking and my hesitancy in going Further is because if you think just ask, asking about a practitioner, I've been talking for five minutes, this is a long conversation. And what I don't want to do is give information that is half, not half, it's not half baked, but people, if you don't understand it, and then you start to freak out because you think, oh, I am this, this, and this, and I can get it, 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 it it's unnecessary, um, you yeah. know, like panic, and it can cause you to have, get cholestasis rather than <laughs> than not. And what I would say is there, there should be an understanding that, um, and, and through 
conversation with a practitioner who not is just going to say, oh, you have a likelihood of getting cholestasis. No, it is saying, okay, here, these are the fundamentals of Ayurveda. This is how you first understand your body. So I do that before. So, you know, I give you a little bit of background on Ayurveda first, and I go over it. Then you understand, okay, because you have, you know, heat in your body or because, you know, you like, this is going on for you. This is why you may, you could potentially develop that. So I'm not saying you will, but if you continue to be in an environment that's like X, Y, and Z, it could potentially happen. So let us just support your body rather than support your body so that not only are you healthy because you already have an imbalance in that, but for you not to get X, Y, and Z. So that's how I would approach it. I don't wanna sit here and say, if you have this constitution, because that's actually not true, but if you have this, if the conversation would look more like based on your constitution, as well as your current imbalance, as well as, and as well as, you know, the foods that you're eating all aggravate this in your body. And because it aggravates this in your body, it can potentially lead to cholestasis. So what can we do to balance um, these things so that you don't get that? Well, this is what we can do through diet. These are the types of foods that you can eat. You know, these are the types of habits that you can have. These are the breathing exercises, the whatever, you know, like spiritual practices that you can do to, um, you know, promote calm and wellness so to, to minimize, for example, heat in the body. Because there are specific breathing techniques that will increase heat in the body and decrease heat in the body. So it, it gets really subtle. It's not just, oh, breathe. There are different types of breathing exercises. <laughs> So, you know, and then these are the, you know, practice, other practices that you can do. So that is how I would, I would approach it. And I'm not being secretive. It's more that like, it's more that, you know, like Tiara is going to have a different approach than I will for you. And I'm not going to, if I say that, and then tomorrow you go do something and it doesn't work out more than anything, I would feel terrible that I, you know, I was irresponsible. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the only reason I, yeah. I, I, but, but I mean, I pretty much told you what it is, but, but I don't want to. <laughs> No, but I don't yeah, but it's talk about the beauty of what you just described. You very specifically said, I cannot tell you what your constitution I can't talk to you about constitutions right now because I don't want to give you something to worry about that you don't have to worry about. Because what the conversation is gonna look like is it's your constitution plus the imbalance you currently have. You need to find out, like we talked about this thing last podcast episode the state of homeostasis and our our bodies trying to achieve homeostasis and so once you've hit that homeostasis with your imbalance that's the first thing to identify and why I think that is so powerful is because Kate says it a lot people are so worried that they're broken and no one is broken you just got some little things you need to tweak out you need to rebalance yourself you need to realign yourself so when you bring the attention because you know where our attention goes energy flows when that's right (laughs) what the imbalance is and then you know without somebody helping you your first thought would be crap i have this imbalance i'm gonna die (laughs) maybe you know dramatic approach but when you have somebody in your corner a practitioner who can say hey Yes, you have this imbalance, but guess what? We also have these solutions. Exactly. And here's what you can do. It's such a quick but very subtle shift from victim to being back in control of your life, you know? And from everything you described, I've just been listening in awe. Because from everything you described, that's what it is. It's like the way to reclaim your power. And even like from the state of knowing 
where it all flows from to begin with. You know, I know you got it. I love like, it. You just speak for the whole thing. It's like, this is like the essence like, this of is everything. <laughs> I love how you just did that. <laughs> the essence. That's why I kind of had that question for you because a lot of times people just kind of think, oh, let me just read a little bit about it. Let me just kind of figure out, oh, I think I have this. Let's like do this. But is it really right for you? Is it right? Because unless you actually work with a practitioner, seeing what's going on, you, you don't really know. Cause and I, and I, yeah, I, I want to actually say something to you. You know, I'm not going to mention names. There was a lady who came to me she, um, and uh, she wanted me to do, um, you know, an analysis for her. I said, fine. She said she had background in it. She's a nurse. Um, she, after I wrote her the report, you know, I never heard back from her. And I was like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, yeah, I'm a little confused. My friend, my friend said I was this constitution and you're saying I'm something else. And so like, and, and there was a dissonance for her. But she couldn't get herself past this point of my friend said I am this and you said I am this. And so I'm like, so I tried to explain to her and you know, we unfortunately, like, I don't think she got it. But that's the thing I wanted to explain. Like, it's very important to understand that when someone looks at you, like, and, and you have to, you have to understand the difference between your constitution and your imbalance. That is so key. And everybody oftentimes talks about um, imbalance or, and they think they're talking about their constitution. And so there's a lot of misunderstanding. So it, it, sometimes you got to look through it with a fine tooth comb. So it's not about what's going on now, but what is like your, again, template, like Tiara was talking about, like it, it happens from the beginning. And that might have been muddied, if you will. Like, for example, when you fill a swimming pool with water, it's clear. But then like, even if you like just go inside and maybe like a, a bird, you know, poops in it, it's going to, it's going to be muddy. And so like, it can happen at any second. We, you know, and sometimes it's in our control. Sometimes it's not in our control. So we just have to understand that it's, that we as human beings are ever flowing and ever changing. And like you said, even if you feel broken, you can always go back to balance. And sometimes we all, no matter what the situation is, just need a hand to hold us and to tell us A, it's possible and B, like, you know, you know, walk this way and, and, and maybe we can help you to get to a point where, you know, you're okay. And so, um, yeah, so I just wanted people, I just wanted you and people to understand that, that like, you know, if there's a difference, there shouldn't be a difference. Like, it's just a matter of maybe the information that one conveyed, because how the body functions is how the body functions. If like, you know, um, if you go to the bathroom all the time, there's no, there's no discrepancy between going to the bathroom all the time and, and not going to the bathroom at all. Like there's a huge, or there's rather a huge discrepancy. So you, you should be able to tell what's going on with a person based on their history. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Tiara, do you have any uh, closing questions as we wrap um, this up? Okay. Open the rabbit hole <laughs> on the recording. <laughs> and so, uh, during um, each of our podcasts, we like to ask this, this one kind of question advice um, for our guest in regards to what is the good, bad, and the ugly of what you've been seeing in regards to your patients that you know you wish that your patients, your clients should know. Um, in regards to Ayurveda, in regards to fertility, what would you say the good, bad, and the ugly aspects? I mean, you know, this is going to sound cheesy, but it's the most, you know, and now I'm like the most, I'm, I'm like serious now. Um, the most sincere thing I can say is like, I do believe we are all divine in nature. And that means that we have the ability to have good health, good positive health and, you know, and, and create life. And so, yes, some people do have certain conditions that maybe need more support. 
So the first and foremost thing I would say is like, we need to like, we need to work on our, our own self-worth and our mind. We referred to that already. So however that is, you know, don't hold things inside, you know, if you're upset, if you're sad, you know, holding it inside our body basically corrodes our body. Like, you know, you're, you're like, it's like dumping, you're drinking poison, you know? And so like you have a friend, share it with them. Friends are free, you know? Um, but anyway, so, so um, try to see yourself like in the mirror as that divine person. And if you need support, nothing wrong with that. We all need support. Um, okay, so I, I think that's a big thing. Number two, be like, be your own best friend and, and be committed. So if you really want something to happen, be committed to that process. Um, I think there's a difference in collaborative care versus, oh, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there. And, you, and you're not like hooking on. So um, I don't mean to say that you can't try different modalities. Don't get me wrong saying that, but be committed to the path that you're following because like, you know, like when you're going like on the highway and you want to reach a destination, if you keep taking every exit, then you're not going to get to the destination, right? Or you, you, you may, but then, you know, you, you're maybe distracted. And so I would say, and again, I'm not saying not to have collaborative care. I think that's very important because everyone, like you said, has their scope of practice. Um, so be committed to yourself and to the path because that's very important. And then, um, you know, I mean, I think that's the, but find a practitioner that you, you know, that you trust. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do because your your fertility, your your body, your baby is like, it's a really vulnerable place. But, um, you know, do your due diligence, find that person or persons, you know, collaborative care to help you. Because I think, you know, we all need somebody. I have somebody helping me so that I can help others, you know, like, you know, whether it be to talk about something or, or let loose or, you know, so it, so that's important. And I think those three, I think, are a good combination to, um, to help someone in life in general, no matter what the issue is, whether it's fertility or otherwise. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Niji. I truly enjoyed this. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> I know you're like going at it. Like, what else? What else you got? <laughs> I know. Like, I can do the whole thing. <laughs> And that concludes this week's episode of the Holistic Hope Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We would like to invite you to continue the conversation with us online. Check the show notes to see where you can connect with Dr. Kate, myself, our guests, and the rest of the Holistic Hope community to dive deeper into ways we can create generational healing through love. See you next week. And until then, stay well, friends.